the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I'm Dr. Bill with Ken by my side, and we're doing a radio show. Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Morning, Doc. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing real well. Thank you very much. I got a little feedback. Are you hitting a button or something? No, I don't think so. Okay, there, cleared up. Okay. Must have been. Must have been just a little ghost in the system. <laughs> no, everything's fine here, as far as I can tell. Well, good. So the knee's getting better, and um, I did my last physical therapy on Friday, and I can bend it almost as far as my left knee now. So all the therapists and the doctor and everybody, they're all amazed. The doctors, I should say, in the lunchroom, everybody's like, how you doing that, Handelman? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to do what I do. And uh, and then at the uh, at the townhouses, you know, we're having some problems there. There was a rupture in one of the main feed lines of the sprinkler system. And so the well pump was running all the time and this thing was leaking because it's a demand pump, right? So uh, then I had to go out there and investigate. And at first I thought, well, that looks so clear. It must be city water, but then, it, you know, it smelled sulfury, so I knew it wasn't. And uh, we went out and dug up the pipe and there's a crack in the pipe. And so I'm telling my wingman, JT, and the, uh, and the, uh, the, the sprinkler company, the lawn company, that there's a ruptured line. Well, they send a crew out, and the crew says, no, it's a broken sprinkler head. No, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so then uh, we finally got the head guy to come out, and Justin came out, and he said that uh, he checked it out, and he thinks it's just uh, – uh, a feed line that from from one of the zones so he turned that zone off but guess what he didn't do i had kicked the well pump off the breaker and so he didn't kick it back on to see if it did anything so i kicked it back on it's still leaking <laughs> so now everybody's saying you're right doc it's a it's a main feed line I'm like well get your ass out here and fix it damn it <laughs> Not like, you know it just it it's so frustrating ken when you when you know something, and, but everybody uh, wants to have an opinion different, and uh, but we're gonna we're getting it done. And by the way, the lucky thing is that the water that was flowing out onto the street and into the into the uh, sewer, the drain sewer, was going right back into Pond One, so we really didn't lose anything. Just a little electricity. Anyway, well, that's we'll good at least. Yeah, but it, it's, it's frustrating when out. people won't believe you. No, they won't believe me. So then. You know, I'm running up and down the street answering questions, and it just takes more time. If my knee had been better, I would have just dug all the way down and, and fixed it myself. But I just couldn't. I couldn't kneel. I couldn't get down on my knees. So we're not oh, well, we're not back on the bicycle yet, then, are we? Well, I did some biking in, uh, stationary at the uh, therapist, and she said you're good to ride. So I'll probably start that next week, uh, and then the week after we're going to go up to. Uh, uh, 
to Plattsburgh and drive over to Burlington, Vermont on uh, Lake Champlain. And we'll probably run some bicycles there and just tool around by the, by the waterfront. Just a little light riding just to get back into it. Sounds very pleasant. Yeah, should be fun. I, I've always wanted to see Lake Champlain. I did not remember that there was uh, action during the uh, War of 1812 on Lake Champlain. There was a big naval battle and that it actually connects to the St. Lawrence Seaway. Did you know that? I did not, but that would explain how the British got there. Yeah, Yeah. so they came down the St. Lawrence, and so basically it's like one of the Great Lakes. It's the little Great Lake. (laughs) (laughs) It's the baby Great Lake. The unpolluted Great Lake, maybe. Yeah, that should be fun. So I had a patient come in this week, and uh, he is kind of a self-treating guy, and he was feeling weak and so he got a blood count and he was a little bit low on this and a little bit low on that and he thought well I'll read up and see what to do and he took iron well he took too much iron so then he got a little overloaded and you know iron toxicity can be a a serious thing and mainly we see this in kids when they eat the uh, the uh, the vitamins you know the gummy vitamins and back when you and I were younger we had the chocks a lot yeah my mom gave me all kinds of stuff like that yeah, little sweet things, and uh, I caught my daughter and, and my niece when they were five or six downing a bottle of it and uh, whacked their little butts. But uh, it, it, it affects you in two ways, Ken. Uh, iron can overload, can irritate your GI tract, but it can also be absorbed into your system, and then it gets into your cells, and it poisons your little mitochondria, which are the little uh, energy machines inside the cells. That's what makes all the the energy for your cells that allows them to do the rest of their work, whether they're muscle cells or or uh, hormone cells or whatever. So at any rate, the treatment is, uh, if it's mild, you can just do a phlebotomy or you can donate blood, or you can actually give medications that will bind the iron and then you pee or poop it out. So it's it's a big deal uh, if you are iron toxic, and it remains, believe it or not, the number one heavy metal poisoning <laughs> because of the little kids. No kidding. I had no idea. Never heard that before. I, yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's what uh, that's what the ER doctors and the pediatricians see. And we don't hear about it because we don't care about pediatrics. And, we, you know, we don't hang out with the ER guys. But uh, you're on the other side yeah. of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, they're. They have very short attention spans, the ER docs. <laughs> they go quickly from one room to another. <laughs> so at any rate, so this guy comes in, and, and he brought some paperwork with him, some labs and this and that, and he's saying, well, look, I'm iron overloaded, and I don't feel good. And I was, what should I do? And I said, well, uh, what do you want to do? And he said, well, it says that I should have a phlebotomy. I said, well, then go donate blood. And then come back in a couple of weeks and we'll recheck you. Well, what should I do? So we went around like this for about 15 minutes and finally <laughs> said, dude, you're arguing with me. <laughs> He's like, well, well, I'm a paying customer and I'm allowed to argue with you. I said, you're not at my level. Anyway, he got mad and stomped out. But the wife gri- grabbed him at the front and calmed him down. Mm. Now, there are some hereditary situations called uh, hemochromatosis where you have an abnormal uh, iron buildup due to a genetic uh, disease, and and that is the most common recessive. Recessive meaning you have to have 
two recessive genes for the disease to take effect. A dominant gene will make something take effect uh, whether the recessive gene is with it or not. So uh, two recessive genes, it's the most common uh, recessive genetic disease there is, is hemochromatosis said you can have fatigue, joint aches, uh, impotence, uh, liver disease. Uh, a lot of times these people don't present until later on in the disease process and they have a kind of a tawny skin color and uh, it can cause damage to all the organs, including the heart, the liver, the kidneys. Uh, it can be deposited anywhere. It's a big deal. And, you know, I've talked about iron over and over on the show about how it is uh, such a dangerous heavy metal for us. And that's why we spend so much time and effort, uh, our biochemistry and, and regulating this. But uh, I would say to people, if you're going to take iron, if you think you need iron, go to your doctor first and get, get some blood work done. Now, iron, that, iron is natural in, in what, meat? I'm sorry? Not, uh, iron is found naturally where, in meat? Iron is in meat. It's in uh, vegetables like kale, and uh, uh, it, it comes in different forms, you know, and the bioavailability is different depending on what you're eating. So meat and liver is really high in iron, of course, as everybody knows. Uh, but it's also in, in a lot of other foods because iron is uh, one of those heavy metals that is necessary for oxidation, for the use of oxygen by carbon-based life forms. So there's a, iron in a lot of different foods, but uh, the, and yeast has a lot of iron in it. And uh, so you, you just have to, um, if you think you're a little iron deficient, you have to look around and see what foods you like, get on the internet and look it up. Or call Doc Handelman. I call Doc Handelman and have him do a test. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, I basically I'll tell people, that uh, the best thing to do is is to go to the doctor first and, and make sure you're iron deficient. Guys are rarely iron deficient unless they've had a major bleed or they've uh, been starved, you know, in a concentration camp or a prisoner of war camp, or they have some genetic problem. Uh, but usually it's it's bleeding GI tract, your stomach or your bowel. So that it's important to to use some common sense, especially when you're dealing with something that is so toxic. And you can get it over the counter, Ken. I mean, it's readily available. Just if, if, you, if you're iron deficient. Yeah, I mean, you, well, you can go in and buy iron over, without a prescription. Okay. What? Well, <laughs> you better know what you're doing, though, from the sound of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this is unusual for an adult to do that. And, um, uh, He's a, I mean, he's he's a nice guy, but he's a little, a little hyper in some ways, and uh, kind of uh, wants to control his life. As a lot of patients do, they want to feel like they're in control. But you know what? None of us are really in control, Ken. <laughs> what's gonna happen? Well, that's right. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. Except for the wife, she's well, she's, she's in control of me. <laughs> So did you hear we're sending cluster bombs to uh, the Ukraine? Yes, I heard. Is this good or bad? I don't know yet. This is, yeah, this has got everybody all upset. And uh, uh, there's a group of Democrats, uh, liberal Democrats, that are decrying this. And, uh, of course, there's multiple uh, international organizations that have been trying to get these uh, bombs banned in warfare and I think there's a bunch of countries that have actually signed a, a treaty. I think just about uh, all of them but us, yeah. 
But us, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, why bother? I mean, blow them up, I say. If you're going to have a war, then have a war. Yeah, have a war. You know, they're like, yeah, but little kids later on might get hurt. So some hyperactive little boy digs up something in the playground and says, hmm, I wonder what happens if I hit this with a hammer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's 8 billion of us on the planet. A couple of kids here and there isn't going to make or break the, the, the equation. But at any rate, these things are safer than they used to be. They're, the dud rate is pretty low, the ones that we're sending over. And uh, so... I'm sure some of our NATO partners are, are not happy about it either, you know, because they're all a bunch of weenies anyway. Well, we well, we are sending F-16s over there, aren't we not? Supposedly, but, you know, that we're still training uh, their pilots on those F-16s. And the problem is that we're worried that they're going to use it across the border in Russia. And, uh, you know, the, you know, the jets are going to drift over there. I mean, come on, that. You're, you're flying something that's going 700 miles an hour. How are you going to put on the brakes when you're, you know, a mile away from the border? You're exactly. Not. Exactly. You so, know, you know that the Russians will put targets there. Mm-hmm. Just to just to protect them. And you know the Russians are flying over Ukraine. So what's the difference? I mean, they're at war. Yeah, they, these the limited border. wars. They never. These limited wars never work. No, they never work. And and now everybody's upset with Lindsey Graham because he wants to pass a resolution to uh, fast-track Ukraine into NATO. And Ukraine's been asking to join NATO since 2008. Uh, but I guess there was a lot of corruption and a lot of pressure from the Russians. And uh, so it's been delayed by NATO. But now the Estonian president, she wants the Ukraine to be fast-tracked in. And uh, they've got a big meeting this week, I think, in, in, uh, in, I guess it's Estonia or Lithuania, one of the, one of the Baltic countries. Uh, they're having a, a big annual NATO meeting and putting on a good face that they're all pulling together. But, of course, you've got to get Greece and Turkey to agree on this and that. And Turks won't let Sweden in it until they return the Kurdish uh, terrorists that have fled to Sweden. And the Swedes are now regretting that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have, yeah, and they're having all of Europe's having problems. You saw what happened in France when the uh, when the uh, North African Muslim kid that was an immigrant got killed by the police. The whole country is up in arms, and they were up in arms a few weeks ago over the retirement age. Is that what they, they were? Not, is that what they were doing over there? Yeah, they must be bored. I, I, <laughs> I, well, not, it's summer. They all take the summer off, don't they? Yeah, I mean, there's too much free time in France. That's my my <laughs> take on it. No, but they were burning stuff out there. Oh, they were ago. burning. They were looting. Uh, they crashed into stores. And uh, is, this, is this retirees doing this? <laughs> this is wannabe retirees. <laughs> Folks with walkers out there throwing Molotov cocktails. Well, you know, you got to do something in the summer. I mean, it's boring over there. Exactly. Yeah. You can o- you can only look at the Notre Dame so many times and go to the Louvre so many times. Then. You know, Notre, you Dame, Notre Dame is still closed, isn't it, because of the fire? Yeah. So, you know, you don't, you don't have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we were there right after the fire. Didn't look pretty. Yeah. It'll take another year or so to get that thing going. Years. Years. Years? It's, yeah, it's going to take years to rebuild it because they're rebuilding it back to its uh, original state. So, you know, they got to handcraft a lot of that oh, stuff. Oh, they're using the same techniques. Oh, Okay, now that will take well, a long I mean, time. I don't know how else you're going to do it. What are you, how are you going to? You, 
You have to have stone carvers to do some of that work, don't you? I would think so. I know. And even if they have automated tools, you know, uh, powered hand tools, they still uh, they still have to do the work. It may take a little less time, but it's still going to take some time. That that church probably took 50, 75 years to build originally, so probably just, take just a, a, just the glass work would take a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to have that reproduced, and you got to pull out the pictures, and you got to bicker with your glass makers and your artisans, and it's a big deal. Then the unions yeah. get involved, and oh man. Oh yeah, and then somebody will riot over it, you know, because <laughs> it's being, they'll burn it down again. Then yeah, they'll burn it down because <laughs> it's being mean to the Muslims. Yeah. So I, I got this interview with the, I had an interview with this guy, nice guy. Uh, he uh, is a recent graduate from echocardiogram school, and he's a Muslim, but he's uh, you know he's an American. He was raised here most of his life. His father was from uh, Pakistan, and he was born in Pakistan. Uh, but he came here when he was a baby, and his father left Pakistan because his father was a uh, Islamic scholar, but he was a liberal, and so in Pakistan they were marching in the streets to kill him <laughs> because he was, uh, you know, going against some of the Sharia and that sort of thing. And so I'm talking to this guy, a nice guy, and I, you know, I'm. I said, uh, "Sir, are you very religious?" He says, and I, "I go to mosque, but." Uh, I don't pray five times a day, which means that, you know, he's, he's not a real uh, diehard Muslim. And uh, so we started talking about religion. I said, my problem with Islam is that uh, the religion was founded on violence, that, you know, it started off with people getting killed if they didn't join. He said, well, that's in all the old books. I said, wait a minute, that's not true. Jesus in the New Testament said, don't kill. And the Buddha said, don't kill. And, uh, you know, so we were we were having it, it wasn't a heated discussion, it was just a, a point of interest. But my point here is that so much of Islam uh, has ignored the actual history, and and part of the problem is that they discourage uh, the, the the mullahs and the imams discourage the uh, the public, the people, from reading other scriptures. They, they're 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 not supposed to read the Bible. They're not supposed to read Buddhist texts. Did you know that? I didn't know they were, I didn't know they couldn't read it. No, I mean they can read it, but they're not supposed to. Oh, I see. You're not being a good Muslim if you do that. Yeah, yeah. You're not being a good Muslim, and you're not supposed to go into um, a, a, a Christian church. Okay. Go figure. Yeah. Well, that's called censorship. Yeah, and and that's a, that's another problem with Islam, but that's for another day. Yeah, we could go on and on on the problems. Yeah, that's another problem. But the bigger they're problem, they're just out of touch with modern society completely. I mean, they're from it's it's like a, from the an ancient land. Just doesn't work for a lot of people. Well, you, you got to remember too that at the time that uh, Muhammad uh, started his apostolic uh, march, that uh, most of the Arabian Peninsula was illiterate. So. He said that you have to learn the Quran, and Quran actually means the recitation, so that you have to memorize it. So everybody had to memorize it. So if you're a, a real devout, good Muslim, you will memorize the Quran, mm -hmm. and uh, word for word. And that's what the kids do when they go to these Islamic uh, schools, as they learn the, the, the Quran word for word, by memory, by rote. It, can, it be, can it be considered... Um... Um, you know, mind mind washing, brainwashing. 
Well, I think so. I think that uh, probably to a lesser extent, Catholicism tried to do that to me, but guess what? It didn't take, huh? It didn't, it didn't take. <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah, that kind of happened to me, too. Yeah. Another fallen Catholic. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Lindsey Graham, he's pushing to let Ukraine into NATO. What are we going to do with Lindsey? And all of his uh, Republican senators, uh, well, not all of them, but, you know, the, the noisy ones like uh, Rand Paul, they're all, are you crazy? We'll be at war with the, with the Russians because we'll have to put troops on the ground. We're going to be in it anyway. We might as well sweep them off the field before they're 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 too far and they're too deeply entrenched. You know, I mean, come on, let's let's clean them, let's get them out, clean house, and let's get moving. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it's kind of complicated. I mean, you're, you're putting um, you're you're uh, putting a, an act a, a country that's actively at war into NATO. Does that trigger NATO going into Russia? Then, yeah, it would. I think it that's would. What, so that yeah, would be that. So Lindsay's actually saying, "Let's just start World War III? Well, I mean, we're we're right there anyway. How much more can we do? And if we give cluster bombs and F-16s, I mean, we're pretty much in it. And we've already got troops on the ground. You know that. Well, I'm sure we have advisors there. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure they're doing more than advising. You know, they're not going to sit by while uh, some Ukrainian kids are getting shot at by. Uh, Russian soldiers, if there's a gun nearby, they're going to pick up and shoot back because they could get shot too. What a self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, come on. This is, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too much of a hawk, but uh, I still think that if you let this go on, it's just like before World War II that we let Germany uh, march into the Sudetenland, uh, take back part of Czechoslovakia, uh, and then we said no more after they had expanded and they took back, I guess, some of Alsace-Lorraine, and uh, you know they were they were basically being aggressive, and uh, then they attacked Poland, and that that triggered it. So Poland's sitting right there. They're well, uh, appeasement doesn't work. You're right. No, and and, uh, and we're back in the same place. Poland, if they march into Poland, if the Russians or the uh, Belarus marches into Poland, or uh, Pergozin's uh, Wagner group marches into Poland and attacks Poland. We're in it. Yes, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're in it. And, and, you know, let's, let's just cut the crap. And the Turks sent some uh, prisoners back to uh, the Ukraine, some Ukrainian soldiers that had been, I don't know how they got to Turkey, but they had been in Turkey and they, the Turks had promised the Russians they wouldn't send them back, and they did, and now the Russians are mad at the Turks. Well, what's new? You know, they've been fighting off and on for centuries anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Doc, I'm getting but, some bad feedback from me now. Let's just get it over with, for God's <laughs> sakes. I'm, I'm tired of this pussyfooting around, and, uh, you know. But I guess it's like before World War II, it took Roosevelt – maybe five or six years to uh, bring the country to the point where they might even consider going to war. And, and I don't think we would have gone to war if it hadn't been for Pearl Harbor, but uh, something else probably would have happened to precipitate the, the uh, entrance into World War II. But, you know, we're, we're headed the same way. I mean, it's just an, inev an inevitability. And I know that people don't like war and don't want to go to war, but guess what? It's like uh, get it's like getting a vaccination, my friend. It's preventative if you go in early and clean house and get things put back in order. 
Russians need to be swatted on the butt. But do they right. react nuclearly nucle- with nuclear reaction? You know, I don't want a nuclear reaction from him. Well, first of all, they'd be with tactical nuclear weapons, and they'd have to get those into the uh, theater, and they'd have to have people that could operate them, and they'd have to dust them off, make sure that the electronics are still working. I mean, it's a big deal. We know where they all are because we help them store them. And, uh, I mean, we could take them out in no time, but uh, as far as strategic nuclear weapons, they wouldn't do that. I mean, come on. That'd be the end end of Russia. There would be no Russia. We would take it off, and it'd take 10 minutes to launch enough uh, nuclear warheads to completely eliminate, you know, eliminate 80% of the Russian population. We don't want to do that, and they don't want that either. I don't think. No. I mean, no. If you want money and power, you got to have people underneath you. Hmm. So. Well, China doesn't want nuclear war either, so. No. Um, no, because, you know, they... It's fragile in China. There's a lot of uh, there's a, a lot of unrest, smoldering, and uh, each province considers itself its own little separate entity. And uh, you know it's it's tough to to get everybody to work together, and it's only been by force that they've been able to do that. So, well, well, we'll see what happens. But I would think that if they if their economy keeps going down. Um, they might have a little internal revolution. You probably won't hear about it unless it's successful, but they'll have one. Meanwhile, our own little uh, independent state of Texas is moving ahead with floating border barriers in the Rio Grande. Did you see those? I did. Is it helping? I don't know if they've deployed them yet. They're, they've been fighting with uh, the federal government, I guess, about who has the right to do it and who doesn't. And um, I guess if you put them on the Mexican side of the Rio Grande, <laughs> Washington can't stop them. But uh, they, did you see those things? They're huge orange floaty balls, and they're all hooked together, and you, you couldn't get over them very easily. So that's supposed to slow people down. Uh, and they have already tried to put up their own wall and razor wire and different things to slow down the influx of, of illegal immigrants into Texas. Um, and I don't know how well it's worked, Ken. You know, the, the, the administration says, oh, it's slowed down. But the people down there say, no, it had. <laughs> it's still going on. They're still coming across like crazy. But I don't know. I mean, look what open borders do. I mean, they just they make a mess. They make a mess. Well, one thing I do but, know is it's question time. All right. All right. Here we go for a, uh, let's see, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. You have to answer this question. Be the first caller at 877-969-8600 with the correct answer. 877-969-8600. And you will get yourself two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs to enjoy on a Sunday morning or whenever. Question today deals uh, always with something we talked about in the first half of the show. And today, early on, Doc was talking about the uh, condo association over there, the townhomes. It a leak. What was leaking? Tell me what was leaking at the townhomes. And the first person with the correct answer at 877-969-8600 will get those mugs. Right, Doc? That's right. And, Ken, I don't, I'm don't. i at the office because I had a computer meltdown at home, so my studio wasn't working there. And I don't know if we're getting all of the audio out. But, again, the question is, for those of you who are maybe looking at Facebook or YouTube, is – what was broken at the townhomes? What was broken? And 
uh, call 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600, and see if you can pick yourself up a mug. We'll be right back. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres says Sudan is on the brink of a full-scale civil war as fierce clashes between rival generals continue unabated today in the capital of Khartoum. He warned last night that the war is likely to destabilize the entire region. Sudan descended into chaos after months of tension between a pair of military chiefs. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says Washington will listen to Chinese complaints about security-related curbs on U.S. technology exports and might respond to, quote, unintended consequences. She just wrapped up a visit to Beijing aimed at reviving strained relations between the two giants. And Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub have sued New York City to block its minimum pay rules for food delivery workers. Recently announced rules could nearly triple average wages. This is SRN News. In AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 6411-727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today we'll have partial sunshine with a thunderstorm in parts there in the afternoon. The will be 94. Tonight, patchy clouds. It'll be very warm and humid with a low 82. Tomorrow, some sun with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The will be 92. Tomorrow night, clear to partly cloudy. It'll be warm and humid with a low 81. And on Tuesday, partial sunshine with a high 91. 
That's your Accurate Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. And we're back. This is Dr. Bill. Got Ken with me. He played hooky last week. <laughs> but that's okay. We still love you. No, I just spent some days with a couple of friends on the East Coast. That's all. <laughs> well, good for you. We got a winner, Doc. We got a winner? Yes. Tyler Given of Treasure Island. Tyler Given of Treasure Island. Congratulations. What's that first name? Tyler. Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Welcome. Welcome to the show, and thank you for uh, responding. Appreciate your patronage, my friend. And the question was, Doc had what problem at uh, his uh, townhomes this week? And the uh, correct answer, Doc, was leaky pipe, I think, is probably the best answer. We had a broken water uh, uh, sprinkler water line, and it was one of the main feed lines, even though everybody except me said, oh, it's a sprinkler head or it's a sideline. We'll just turn off that zone. No, it's not. You got to listen to the doc. <laughs> right. the, the doc is right. Congratulations, <laughs> Tyler, and uh, we'll be sending those mugs out to you. And thanks to everybody who called in. By the way, I got one of my mugs this morning. I'm at the office, and uh, so I'm holding it up. If anybody's watching on Facebook or YouTube, but any rate, I don't even know if we're getting out on those venues. I still have to find somebody to help me with that. I can't get Joe to pressure the uh, home office to stream it live on on uh, the Salem Broadcasting Network. You have to be one of the big muckety mucks. <laughs> I'm just a lowly uh, provincial guy, you know. Oh, not at all, Doc. You're number one in my book. Well, and you're and you're number one in my book, Ken. Oh. Hey, what's going on? Anything new? Uh, anything new to report on the live show we're going to be doing outside? Yes, we are working on that. We're going to start. Uh, we're going to be sure, we're going to be airing from nine to ten, like we do every Sunday. That'll be the Sunday, the day before uh, Labor Day, and uh, so we'll probably be setting up around eight thirty if people want to drift in and uh, get a seat or stand or whatever it is we're going to do. I don't think we're going to have chairs. I, I think if it gets too crowded, the chairs aren't going to work anyway. So, but uh, the parking's going to be the big problem. I'm going to have to talk with the church next door and with the hospital across the street and see if we can use their parking lot. But we'll go from, say, 8.30 to 10.30. How about that? Whatever you want to do, Doc. Whatever you want to do, buddy. Well, we just don't we don't want to make it an all-day affair, but I think a couple hours, that gives people time to come and go. Yeah, and, we can uh, talk to them, sure. I'm going to see if I can get some T-shirts made up. Uh, we'll, we'll need to look for some food, and we need sponsors. So if anybody knows, you know, uh, a business or a bank or – or a medical practice or chiropractic practice or, uh, you know, legal practice, whatever, send them to me. I'll, I'll give them a little package deal. And I'm thinking 500 uh, for a table, set them up and um, have a little tent for them and all that, you know, rent that stuff from uh, Party City. <laughs> sure. we'll, we'll do an interview with anybody who wants to uh, sponsor yeah, a table, we, I we imagine. Can do any sponsors, we'll give you, a, you know, like a 15-second shout-out and jump on the radio and say hello. And uh, we'll, we'll do all that, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Give them the number again if they want to get involved. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. I'm going to have to jump on Joe and start getting some uh, some uh, advertising out on the radio, too. Joe's good at that. He, he knows how to do all that. <laughs> Joe's down the guy, yes. He is. He's a hell of a guy. <laughs> yes, he is. 
At any rate, so did you hear Janice Yellen was over there bowing to uh, the Chinese and um, that woman, she's, uh, the Jewish side of the family has lost its mind in my opinion. The Catholic side's pretty close, but <laughs> the Jewish side is absolutely. Um, she, uh, she, she's a dove, you know, she doesn't want war and she wants peace and she blah, 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 blah. But uh, she says that the U.S. doesn't seek a winner-take-all fight with China. And uh, so the the South China news press uh, did a little piece on it, and their take was that it sounds good, but there's still a lot of distance between us. And and her, her take is that, look, there's no way that we can economically separate from each other without going into a depression. I don't know if that's true or not, Ken. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that we depend on the Chinese for a lot, but why can't we just build it back up ourselves? I mean, look, it's not that hard to make penicillin and, you know, doxycycline. It's not that hard to, to make a pair of jeans. They'll cost more, but they're going to cost more anyway because we're going to put more uh, import taxes on what's coming in from China to try to slow it down. You know, it'll be more gradual that way to allow China and the United States to adjust. But, uh, you know, the Chinese have a pretty high unemployment rate right now. And I, I don't know what's going to what's going to happen. But uh, I, I don't see that that her going over there has done anything other than make us look weak. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they, they haven't bowed to each other since the end of the last uh, uh, emperor, which was what in the 19 to 18, 20 era, they don't do that anymore. Now they do that in Korea, but not in China. They don't bow. I know I've been there. There's no bowing at all anymore. No, there's no bowing. You don't bow to anybody. That's considered, uh, you know, that's considered uh, part of the old empire way of doing things. But now in, in, in Korea, uh, South Korea, at least the last time I was there, there's still some bowing, but it's it's more like a ceremonial, like to say thanks. Uh, so we gave uh, my niece and nephew-in-law, we gave them some money when they got married, and they came in and bowed to Myung and I. And that was very nice. I mean, it's like a way of saying thank you, or you know, I honor you for for your helping us. That's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But, more of a know, sign of respect or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, not. Uh, you know, not subservience per se, but I mean, this looks like subservience. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Chinese are, are going, what, what's she bowing for, you know, and snickering and, you know, that'll be all over their press, all over their news. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I think it's a bad move. We've sent one high official after another over there to try to uh, mend things and it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work because we're on, we're on different uh, trajectories, guy. We are not on the same page, and we just have a different way of looking at the world. So, well, we, this country was the greatest when it was completely self-sufficient, from uh, you know, baby food to oil. Yeah, well, I mean, it's craziness. We got all the oil we could ever want or need, and we're buying it from <laughs> countries that are our enemies, our sworn enemies. Oh well. Yeah, our priorities are not exactly where they should be. No. So uh, investors uh, uh, bought out in California a billion dollars in land near, uh, I think it's Travis Air Force Base out there. And so now the federal government wants to know, who is this group? Because it's a it's an investment group, and the 
and the things uh, incorporated in, I don't know, wherever, wherever it is, Connecticut. I think that's where a lot of, a lot of these big groups are incorporated. And the, the front company says they're not going to reveal who the investors are, but they assure us that they're 95% uh, Americans and the other 5% are, are Irish and English investors. Let's see, Americans. I wonder if they're Chinese Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and so this group's called the Flannery Associates. And so they spent a billion dollars in the past five years buying up land in California's Solano County, according to officials and public records. So there, and now all of a sudden we want to know, hey, who's involved with this? I guarantee you that uh, Nancy Pelosi Nancy Pelosi and her family are in on it. They have manipulated that, that market out there for so long. It's just unbelievable. That's right next to an Army base or something, isn't it? Yeah, well, Air Force. Travis Air Force, Air okay. Force base. Right. It's just north of San Francisco. Um, so uh, we've got to investigate that. And I don't know if maybe this is just a, a, a sideshow to, to kind of take the pressure off of Hunter and, and, and Daddy. <laughs> and Hunter still won't acknowledge his daughter, and Daddy won't acknowledge his granddaughter. Oh well, what are you going to do? And there's cocaine in the White House. So, you know, there's problems everywhere. There's problems everywhere. How does cocaine get into the White House? I don't know. Don't they check those people when they come in? <laughs> Ask Hunter. Yeah. Don't they frisk them and say, "Hey, you got any cocaine on you?" You would think they have a dog or two who could do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got a dog probably to sniff for bombs and stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I think we're back to the Carter days, not the Carter days, the uh, Clinton days when anything went in the White House. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're never going back to Carter. Everybody's smoking pot. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, I was walking through Home Depot yesterday and. Uh, there's a couple of people sitting there. One was one of the workers, and another was an old guy in an army uh, cap. And I said, aren't you people supposed to be doing some work here? You know, kidding around. And he said, I'm a retired army guy, and I've jumped out of planes. I've been in seven wars, and I've killed a lot of people, and I, I ain't doing nothing anymore. I said, dude, I've been a doctor 45 years. I guarantee you I killed more people than you did. <laughs> But at any rate, um, was that wrong, do you think? Is no, that... I think, it... no, not at all. Meanwhile, <laughs> speaking of um, medical affairs, so this nurse in, uh, in Wales, uh, a British nurse, um, she had sex with one of her patients in the parking lot, and they died. <laughs> Oops. She killed him in the parking lot. Yeah, she said she didn't know the guy. But uh, he was a dialysis patient. I guess she was a dialysis nurse. I don't know. And uh, she had been having an affair with him, and he called her and said he wanted to see her, that he wasn't feeling good. And uh, I guess she uh, went ahead and, and mm -hmm. did the deed with him, and, you know, kind of like Rockefeller. And he died in the act. So now she's lost her job, and she's on suspension. But uh, patient A and Penelope Williams well, well, if you got to go, you know. Well, it's time to go. <laughs> there are worse ways. Yeah, you might as well go having some fun. At <laughs> any rate, and she failed to call for an ambulance after the patient collapsed in the back of her car. Well, that's a serious thing, yeah. 
I didn't know that the English had cars big enough to, to do that in. I thought they all drove around little putt-putts. And I don't know. I know it costs a lot to drive. They, they don't have a tax for everything. They don't have a tax if you want to drive into London from the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the Anglican Archbishop declares that our Father, you know, our Father who art in heaven, the, the Lord's Prayer, mm -hmm. is problematic because it's oppressively patriarchal. What? <laughs> well, all right. Okay. What do we say? Our our uh, neutral gender, non-binary Lord. Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what do you? How do you do that? Well, it it, it I, I can't figure that out. I mean, uh, the world is turned upside down. Kent, upside down. Yeah, let me off. I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to hang around and see what happens. See if see if the Russians come out of this okay or not. I don't think Putin's going to come out okay. No, I don't think so. I think that it's going to be like uh, Khrushchev after uh, after the the Cuban Missile Crisis. A year later, the Politburo came to him and said, Nikita, you're stepping down, big boy. And he said, why? They said, you damn near got us into a war with the Americans, and they would have destroyed us. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they, they went after him. They said, you're an idiot. Are you crazy? And he went into retirement. Yeah, he went to his DACA and in the Crimea or wherever, and uh, and his son wrote his biography, and I read parts of it. It's fascinating. He he said he was bluffing. He didn't have what what uh, the Americans thought he had, but Kennedy was a big baby. He backed down. Well, I think they'll probably let Putin retire if he wants to. They probably will because I'm sure that he's made a, a lot of money for a lot of the patriarchs, and they'll. They'll they'll cut him a little slack. I don't think they'll kill him. No, he's doing a pretty good job of cutting them out. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Meanwhile, inflation remains a problem, even though uh, it's gone down in some ways. But housing and food are still pretty high uh, inflationary problems. And you know, you especially in the St. Pete area, you can't buy a house for any reasonable amount of money. I mean. Ken, people are buying $200,000 homes for seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, tearing them down and putting up a 1.5 million home over here. It's uh, and then homes are going for ungodly amounts. I mean, right on Park Street in uh, in St. Petersburg, right across from where my son went to high school, Admiral Farragut Academy. Now there's some big four or five acre lots on Boca Ciega Bay, but they're going for eight, ten, twelve million dollars. My goodness. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> not to me or not. I'm not. You won't see me in the neighborhood, Doc. No. I mean, who's got that kind of money? And why don't they adopt me? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> Can't they send a little cash to help the Dr. Bill show? And don't forget his little buddy, Ken. <clears throat> and Ken, too. Yeah, we need help. Ken's got to get some dental work done, so exactly. he needs some extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we got the former Walmart official uh, CEO, Bill S Simon, and uh, he was on Fox and Friends weekend, and he was talking about inflation and his take on it. And he thinks we're, we've got a few more quarters before it's going to really cool down, and he thinks we're going to see some more bumps in the federal uh, rate hike, so that'll push up interest rates even more. And he thinks that the, the feds are doing a pretty good job of gradually slowing down inflation, but uh, it ain't over yet, buddy boy. Do you know, 
Uh, why gas jumped from like three thirteen to three forty nine this week? I haven't heard. Yeah, yeah, I heard it jumped, and uh, chickens come down a little bit, and everything else is still up. Eggs are back down. Eggs are back down because chickens are are more abundant. Yeah. And I guess there was a little local pressure. People started keeping chickens in their yard. I'm sure that made the neighbors happy. <laughs> yeah. There's some neighbors in uh, Pinellas Park that have peacocks. Oh, man, those things are noisy, and they they poop all over, and they're a mess. Why, why peacocks? I'm sorry? Why peacocks? You know, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, thrill of having a peacock is, I guess, because it looks cute. And uh, I don't know, maybe peacock eggs are good to eat. I don't know. Mm, But, you know, they're wild animals. They're not domesticated. So what kind of zoning laws do you have over there? Not very good ones. Apparently not. You can keep peacocks. We well, we rounded up all the ducks in our in our complex and they're they they went bye bye. We got a few of the women that are upset. I hope you didn't kill those ducks. You better not, or we're calling the police on you. And like, I don't know where they are, but I did notice that Peking Garden restaurant had a big special on ducks <laughs> a few days after that. I don't I don't know if it's connected or not, Ken. And, and I don't and I don't want to be the one to uh, point any fingers, but uh, I am the president of the association, so I did okay the rounding up of the ducks. And, and what happened after they were captured, I do not know, and I don't want to know. Serving Handelman duck. And who knows? Uh, they had to get the company had to get a special permit because they were mallards, I guess, which is a, a, a certain breed of you know certain subspecies of ducks, and they were or they are more protected in Florida, so they had to go get a special permit, which is free, by the way. So if you got some mallards you want to get rid of, just go down and get you a, a permit and shotgun, and there you go. Right, you round up the ducks. <laughs> yeah, just don't shoot the kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> Please. At any rate, so Simon says that inflation is a bigger risk than a recession. It's harder on the wallet. I did not realize that. He said if unemployment goes up to 6 or 8%, 10%, and you're in a recession, it's still not as bad as 100% of the consumers uh, having their wallets gouged by this rampant inflation. And uh, that, that kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I. I'm not uh, an economic genius, but you know I see the uh, logic in that. Well, yeah, if you, if you lose your job, you're the only one hurt, but inflation hits everybody. Yeah, and uh, you know you lose your job, you move back home with mom, or mom moves in with you, and you you, uh, you work it out. But the, that's the way it is right now. So we're back to the cluster bombs. The Ukrainians assure the U.S. it won't use cluster bombs in civilian areas. Well, I mean, how are you going to separate out dug-in troops from the civilians that live in the neighborhood? I don't get that. How do you do that? Well, you can, and you just told Russia to put everything in the civilian area. Yeah, and then the the Russians will say, well, they killed civilians. Yeah, but you set up your artillery right next to Grandma Moses' apartment building there, and uh, so, well, you know, it's war. That's That's what you do, but Apparently, the, the Russians are dug in, and the Ukrainians are having a hard time dislodging them. So they're they're going to have to use more cluster bombs or whatever, drop them down in the trenches and see what happens. 
Well, it should help, yeah, for them. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be the Russians. They sound like they're at their end. They really do, these guys who are physically on the field. Yeah. They've been out there, some of these guys, since like December with not a whole lot of supplies. And, and you know, the other thing you got to wonder about is how many of the Russians are uh, are deserting and and going back home and, you know, or going into the Ukraine. We don't have accurate numbers, I'm sure, because the Russians aren't going to tell you. Or just surrendering, probably, you know. Or surrendering. But there's probably uh, probably back like back in World War II where there was a, uh, a communist uh, uh, member that was standing behind the troops and, and Stalin said, not one step backwards or you'll get shot. <laughs> and so anybody who tried to desert, they took it in the in the uh, they took it in the chest from a pistol. Uh, the uh, communists had their officers out there making sure nobody deserted. Somebody's going to shoot an officer, they keep that up. Yep. And then, on top of that, I don't know if you remember this, Stalin, he killed a lot of his senior military officers right before World War II, which uh, came to Hitler's attention, and Hitler said, holy moly, they ain't got no field-grade leaders out there. It's time that we go in there and show them how to do it. And he did for a while. Right up until the winter came, that's right. Yep, and the Russian winner, General Mudd, General Snow, General Ice, and I don't know what the other one, there's four of them. They uh, they starved them out and surrounded them, and I told you the Hungarians bugged out at uh, Stalingrad, and I had a Hungarian patient years ago, old Hungarian who had emigrated to Canada, and he was down here for his winter, uh, winter holiday, and he came in, and he said, yeah, I was... I was at the Russian front. I was at Stalingrad. We saw the Russians surrounding us, and we got out. We left. And he said, then, after the Russians defeated the Germans at Stalingrad, they started marching south and and west, and they came into Hungary, and I got drafted into the Russian army. So he fought (laughs) for and against the Germans. (laughs) So go figure. (laughs) It's a strange world, my friend. Just can't get away from this war. It, it, it's it's going to haunt us. You know, there's yeah. just no way. But unfortunately, we're just not at that point yet, I don't think. Now, we've, we've been pretty peaceful for, you know, we've had some minor conflicts like Vietnam, which seemed big, but they, they really weren't in terms of World War One and World War Two. But we've been fairly peaceful, the world has. I mean, there, there are some small conflicts. I see where the Sudan is back at it again, and, and they're, I guess, going to have a civil war and destroy the, the country even more. But uh, I, I don't know, Ken. I don't know what's going to happen. You're, you're right, though. Since uh, Hiroshima, we've been pretty quiet as far as big conflicts are concerned, yeah. Yeah, and we're going over to uh, Japan in September, October, so I'll, I'll give you a full report and see how the, the Japanese are doing since we uh, dropped a few nukes on them, see if any of them look <laughs> like they're you know, been genetically altered or anything. I don't think so, but. Should be interesting. We're getting close to the end here, buddy boy. Yeah, we got about 45 seconds left. You want to talk about medicine for a second? Yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we are your one-stop body shop. We're at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. We are at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Petersburg, Florida. You can come 
see us in person or you can have a telemedicine visit with us. We're here for you. We love everybody. Get that phone number one more time. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Ken, welcome back. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right. Thanks, Doc. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.